to the Teach in 10 podcast. I'm Corey Schwarzrock, a teacher and division lead at Cary Grove High School. Hi, I'm Steph Suko, a teacher and an instructional coach at Cary Grove. We're so excited to share different strategies and best practices that are being used with teachers across D155 in 10 minutes or less. Teach in 10 is all about celebrating great teaching and amplifying the voices of the amazing teachers we have here at District 155. Really, we're here to just have a good conversation about good teaching. In our first series, we are focusing on social-emotional learning through a series of different lenses. Today, we would like to welcome Sarah Dunker, who will be talking to us about how she builds her students' SEL skills using something called a legacy rubric. Welcome to Teach in 10, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Great to have you. We're just we're excited to get to know you, and we've heard so many wonderful things about the things you do here at Prairie Ridge. So could you start us off with a random fact about D155? So this is, this is a tricky one. I would have to say, maybe not so random, but impressive nonetheless, is that there are so many former D155 graduates that come back and work here, and I think that's just such a testament to some really powerful and innovative teachers that make them want to do or emulate you know, what they saw or what they went through in high school. I've had so many former students that are now colleagues, which is a little crazy, but just awesome and impressive. Absolutely. I'm actually an alumni of Chris Lake South, yeah. and here I am. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. This is my 19th year at Prairie Ridge. I did one semester stint at Cary Grove way back in the day with Corey. Um, I've been here ever since, and I kind of teach the whole gamut in social science. I have Klein U.S. History that I co-teach, and I have AP European History and Honors World Studies. So a wide variety of students and, and content area. For sure. Um, and I, I'm constantly looking for approaches that can kind of hit all of those different learners, especially when it comes to SEL. That's so amazing and that you get to teach such a diverse group. So can you get us started and tell us a little bit about your topic and how you got interested in the, the legacy rubric? Yeah, sure. So um, I created this rubric that is an acronym for just targeted behavior skills that I was looking for in my students. Things like leadership, empathy, grit, accountability, communication, and then their ultimate impact beyond my classroom. So a little bit of civics. And it really stemmed from a student that I'll call Sally that I had in my class about five years ago. And it just struck me one day that I was doing her a disservice because Sally would come in and work so hard on anything I threw at her. She was positive and optimistic and she was encouraging to her students. She was a leader with any group I put her with. But when it came time to test, she would get you know a low C, high D. And I just thought, shame on me, because the message I'm sending her is not how awesome she is in all those very, very valuable areas. It was, you're not good at taking multiple choice tests or doing an SAQ. And so it kind of just hit me that if there is a content area to be able to really weave in SEL, it's social science. And I felt like it was my job. So I quickly jotted down these important skills or what I thought were the most important skills in the legacy rubric. And I thought, well, I'm going to teach these kids how to do it better. And I'm going to keep calling out when they do it well. And I'm going to track and assess them. And so I just kind of rolled with it. And I thought, every lesson I do, I'm going to pick at least one. I'm going to hit all of them every lesson. And I'm going to be really strategic and explicit about the skill and how to do it well. And, and I'm going to have them think about it and think about my content through a different lens. It's really renewed my passion for teaching 
because um, I found that student buy-in just skyrocketed because it's hard to get students to be excited about you know when the Civil War starts or causes and effects of the Thirty Years' War. But when I tell them that we're going to use that content to make themselves like the best version of themselves through leadership and empathy and working hard, they just they clung on to that and they wanted they wanted to do it. They wanted to get better with it. I love how that takes real world skills and makes the history come alive for them every single day. Right. And it was so easy to do. It's not like I had to revamp any of my lessons. I just gave them a different lens to look through. So if we're doing, if I'm handing them a DBQ, of course, we're working on corroboration and close reading. But then I asked them, I'm like, okay, I want you to be really aware of your focus today. At what point in the period do you notice your focus drifting off? How do you get it back? And so I feel like just being that upfront and explicit with them really increases their awareness. And then as we reflect after the class period, it starts to kind of retrain their mind. And not only do they look at themselves while they're in class, but they look at each other. And we do a lot of verbal shout outs. You know, who was an awesome leader for your table today? Who uh, would you name as the most accountable that you've worked with? And that is so powerful too. It builds such a strong sense of community in our class. Um, it just it really makes it a more positive experience. So it sounds like you're kind of modeling what those skills are as well as reinforcing them on a regular basis. Yeah, in fact, we do so much modeling. Um, at first, the first like two or three weeks, I would say I'm probably the main modeler, if you will. Um, but yeah, then we switch to peer modeling and we're constantly looking for those positive role models in each target skill. And then down the road, they're gonna look again more at how they are portraying themselves to, other, to their peers. I love it. Yeah. So, and we, what I love too is I can assess it in the grade book. You know, I, when I first wanted to do this five years ago, I asked Dr. Cook, like, are you on board with this? If I start to put a grade in for accountability and I'm only assessing on accountability or communication, because I've never had parent pushback. In fact, parents love it. They're totally on board with it because they want their students to get better at those employable skills. Before we move on to the benefits, I know that you really bring parents into this conversation with their students. What are some ways that you bring or transfer these skills home? Yeah, so we talk a lot about how just because you're in honors world studies doesn't mean that those skills stop when you leave my classroom. You know, you should be carrying this in all of your other content areas and you should be doing it at home. So about halfway through the semester, in fact, my students this semester are going to get it next week. I send a parent conversation sheet home and the kids have to talk to their parents about, hey, how am I accountable in the family? What, do, what sort of my, do you see as my role and how am I doing with it? How do I communicate with you? you know, where can I get better? Where am I you know, not so strong? And while the kids hate it because they get very nervous to have that conversation, I think it ends up being a really positive experience. And parents just love that we're connecting what we're doing in class to things that, yeah, you should be bringing home and doing in all facets of your life. Absolutely. So what are some benefits that you have seen? Um, well, I think just this sense of community that we start to have because of all these positive verbal shout outs has been maybe my favorite benefit of it, but I have very few behavior problems because of it. 
you know, they're constantly thinking and assessing themselves and each other. So they, it really kind of self-manages itself, if that makes sense. Um, I have higher completion, homework completion, which then leads to stronger testing and assessment scores. So that's been awesome. You know, especially when I tell them, I'm asking you to turn this in on time. And then when they actually do it on time, the work we can do in class then to build off of that is just so much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just so much more meaty, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. we can we can dig in a little bit more than we could before. You've really touched on this already, but what have been some of those impacts on student learning and how, how has that evolved with this legacy rubric? Oh man, I, I just think that they feel really empowered by this rubric and there is not a single student I have had in the last five years who didn't progress in not if not just one, but multiple aspects. And it's such a tangible thing to see. But I think that just for students is empowering and it gives them some confidence that they might not have had. And it's a way for them to be proud of skills that they've never had acknowledged before. So we are going to start to wrap up, but what's your best piece of advice for a new teacher? Oh my goodness. Well, I kind of hit the jackpot because I've had the opportunity to co-teach with Kate Sanford mm-hmm. for nine years, and she is just an instructional genius, if I'm being really honest. And so I have just taken so much inspiration from her. So for new teachers, I think the best thing you can do is to get into as many rooms and observe teachers, um, you know, again, as frequently as you can, even if it's not in your content area, which is such a powerful tool. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and experience with our audience. We'd also like to thank our audience for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and let us know. Also, check out our podcast homepage, and we will link some of Sarah's amazing resources for you. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd like to be notified when future episodes drop. Each episode will be full of easy-to-implement best practices shared by the teachers who are actually doing the teaching. Our mission is to highlight and amplify the amazing things that are happening in our classrooms, so please help us expand our reach by leaving a rating or review wherever you are listening to this podcast. If you are a teacher at District 155 and you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who should be, there's a contact form on the podcast page as well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.